we moved back to Edmonton, like we used to live here years ago, um, our dog got put in jail. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hello everyone, welcome back to the Moment 16 podcast. Welcome back. Well, if this is your first time joining, make sure to subscribe and like and, su- and share. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, but thank you for coming back. We hope that you've had a great week. Um, we have a special guest today. We do. Uh, yes, uh, please welcome Pastor Trevor. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Yes. <laughs> thanks for coming on. Uh, before we get started, one of the first things we like to do is uh, do uh, Positive of the Week. Okay. And so, hmm. we'll actually start with you, Pastor Trevor. Hmm, Positive of this week. Yes. <clears throat> when did this week start? Did it start on Sunday or did it start on Monday? Let's go Sunday. Sunday. Okay. Well, Sunday. I was, I was actually, I was actually in your mom and dad's church. Yes. This last Sunday, and so I had a good time there with them. That was very positive. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, but one really positive one yesterday was, um, my wife was driving her car. She got stopped by the cops. Oh. And uh, she didn't. Have, her registration wasn't renewed. Oh no. And that was my job because it's in my name. And oh. so anyway, the positive is she just got a warning. Wow. And oh. then they said, you have till 5 o'clock today to, to, to renew it. Mm-hmm. And if it's not, then they'll just process the ticket that they war- did the warning on. Mm-hmm. So I just literally went down to the thing, the registry, right before we got together here. And I renewed it. Oh, so. wow. Yeah. <laughs> Something similar like that happened to my dad, actually. And the police officer told him the same thing. Like, if you have it in by this time today, like, we won't give you a ticket. Yeah. Um, but he had his number. And he was like, just text me and tell me if you have it in or not. <laughs> so that's oh, what wow. he did. Just text the cop. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. I've never been stopped by a cop. So. Haven't you? No, never. Wow. I got been. my first ticket like three months ago. Yeah. Wow. It was a 50 zone. But they said it was a 40 zone. And I was going 53. Okay. Zone and I still got a ticket. I'm just, I'm still like. You can fight it, yeah. 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 Uh, my court date is later on in the year, and so I'm gonna be in court for something. Wow. <laughs> like, um, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. I was stopped once because I was speeding on the highway <laughs> because I had to get to um, this. I don't remember what it's called, but I was renting a house and I had to sign the lease and the uh, their office is closed at a certain time. And yeah. so I had to get there and I was driving from Slave Lake to Edmonton. Oh, wow. So anyways, I was speeding and then I got caught. <laughs> wow. How, I have one. I have, a, I have a story for you guys. So maybe not even a week after we, we, we moved back to Edmonton, like we used to live here years ago. Um, our dog got put in jail. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so so we had these. We 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 came from. Uh, uh, we lived in the country. We do now as well, but we just rented a house in town in Shore Park, uh, just to move here and kind of get settled and see what we're gonna do that kind of thing. So we had these two big dogs, outdoor dogs that just ran everywhere on our acreage, you know, real free. So we brought them along. They'd never been on leash before or anything. Now we're living in the city, in town. So we moved in. uh, And literally, within, I think it was only maybe the second second night they'd had there, like 
So I built this big dog house. It's in the backyard. The dogs are in the backyard. I'm going to take the dogs for a walk. So I take the dogs for a walk. It's, it's January. And the one dog, uh, she's uh, about 130 pounds. The other dog's like oh, her, her pup, but she's now one year old, just over a year old. And she's like 100 pounds, just under 100 pounds. <laughs> so two big dogs. Yeah. So anyway, so I go walking with these dogs. And all I had was for, for um, uh, what do they call that? Like a leash or whatever, mm-hmm. was from our poodle who's like oh. maybe 15 oh, or no. 20 pounds, or 15 pounds. <laughs> so I took that one, clipped it on the one dog, uh, Daisy, and then the mama had a big, we had a heavy mm-hmm. one for her or whatever. Anyway, so I'm cruising along in, this, in town in Short Park, and all of a sudden um, uh, Daisy just stands at, t- at attention like this, and um, she sees a big jackrabbit at the end of the cul-de-sac. Oh. So, the, pardon me, the, the, the rabbit takes off, Daisy just takes off, snaps the leash out of my hand, she's gone. <laughs> in Sherwood Park. So we looked then for about an hour, not quite an hour, can't find the dog anywhere. Um, no, I mean, there's tracks everywhere. There's lakes and, you know, parks and whatever. Can't, nowhere. So I go back to the house and, and uh, our, our youngest, our son, he would have been, I guess, 14 at the time or whatever. And I said, well, I said, we just have Frankie now. Daisy's gone. Oh, no. And my son said, well, Dad, she was a good dog. That was it. So anyway, so then my wife goes out. Long story short, um, they ended up going on Facebook, and someone in the community had found this dog, mm-hmm. came, to the, came to their house, they posted a picture, and then she called the RCMP. Oh. So the cops came and picked the dog up, took the dog back to the, the, back to the station, the depot in Short Park. So they got, oh they got so, so Daisy's in jail, and, uh, <laughs> and, then, uh, and then my wife, my wife and one daughter went to, to pick her up, and so they went to the jail, and they, they had to, uh, they, they were going to get fined, actually, too, because we didn't have licensing or anything, and literally, I mean, we just moved here, like, a couple mm-hmm. days before that, so. Wow. So that's it. That was the story, yeah. The dog was in jail. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have any dogs, and I don't really like dogs. <laughs> you don't like dogs, no? no? Uh, we had a dog when I was younger mm. uh, that traumatized me. Uh-oh. So we had two dogs. One of them uh, was a golden retriever, and then the other one, I don't even know what breed it was, but it was tiny when we got it. We called it Snoopy because it had, like, uh, a yellow spot uh, and it was white. <laughs> <laughs> Snoopy, that's awesome. But it was a demon, Devin. <laughs> it would just always bark at me and try to bite me. Yeah. So I hated dogs because yeah. I was a special dog. Yeah. Snoopy, that's <laughs> funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At least it didn't go to jail. <laughs> yeah. That's we we adopted them out then actually, okay. just because we're in you know we were in now but now we're out of town again so we could have had them but oh well, that's okay. Hmm. <laughs> All right, let's get right into uh, it. Uh, let's start off with uh, who is Pastor Trevor? Who, what, who am who? I? Yeah, yeah. So where do you come from? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. I um. So I'm a husband uh, of one wife, uh, 27 years in now of marriage. We were we. Lived together for 15 years first, and then got married. And wow. I'm kidding. We actually. Oh. No, I just took, sorry. No. 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 We just we we dated for a couple of years. Went to Bible college. Dated for a couple of years, and then got married. Right out of college. So, um, and then um, yeah, father of three kids. Wow. Yeah, oldest is 23. Um, middle one's 19. Two girls, and then our son is 16. So he'll be finishing up school next year, and that's our family. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I grew up in Saskatchewan just the one province over. 
Um, and um, yeah, grew up, got a Christian home, uh, good family, gave my life to Jesus at a very young age. And then uh, just some key experiences at actually at youth camp. You know, we'd go to youth camp every year, even though when we first started, I didn't want to go. Like, <laughs> I, I, did, I didn't know anybody there. I didn't have any friends. Uh. Grew up in a farming community, so small church, small town. Mm-hmm. And then um, anyway, it went to camp and the Lord really met me there many times over quite, wow. you know. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the, how the, the journey got started, yeah. Yeah, Saskatchewan, yeah. I was there for a year and a half. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Whereabouts? With my family. We lived on Key Reserve, which is like 45 minutes from Kenora. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> when you say Kenora, I'm like, Kenora and Terry? No, no. Kenora with a C, right? Yes. In Saskatchewan. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Oh, that's so, neat. you said you grew up in a Christian home and you went to a Bible college. Yeah. When did you decide that you wanted to do that? So, um, I was... 16 and uh really really loved um dirt bikes and motocross racing and whatnot so my plan was to uh travel to america and at that time the hotbed was in california so i was going to go down there and try my hand at see if i could make a go at it anyway then um uh before my grade 12 year so grade 11 summer so whatever that year that would have been um late 80s, early 90s. I can't remember whether it was 89 or 90 uh, at, a, at youth camp. Mm-hmm. And uh, the speaker was speaking. Actually, the speaker was, this is kind of cool. I don't know if you guys know Mike Love. Oh, yeah. So Mike Love used to run YC for many, many years. Yeah. So Mike was uh, the speaker. Oh. <laughs> I was a teenage kid. And he, I don't know, he preached the message. And at the end of the message, he said, he said, there are people here called to vocational ministry, mm-hmm. um, vocational ministry full time. Uh, I want you to respond. I'd like to pray with you. And so I went to the front, and when I, I, I just felt, I just felt in my heart, I actually felt like something was pulling me. I felt compelled to go to the front. Um, so I got, I just went up, knelt down at the front, and uh, and the Lord just began to touch me. And I had a unique thing happen. I don't, know, I, I guess I'll share it now. But uh, uh, I was just sitting, kneeling there and weeping, and um, I went into. I didn't know what was happening. I just saw in my mind's eye this vision, mm-hmm. and I was flying over different countries and different continents mm-hmm. globally. And as I'm flying, it sounds really funny, but I was like Superman without the you know the tights and the cape, you know. <laughs> but I was literally I was just, just like this yeah. stretched out, and I was flying over the globe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw these people and faces and people reaching, and I felt like the Lord say. Um, oh, I didn't need a strong gift of interpretation to <laughs> figure, hey, I think this is probably going to be global. Mm-hmm. Lots of different cultures and people groups. And um, so that was that. And then uh, literally after that, um, p- plans just changed. And then I just, I went right into Bible college after school. And, hmm. and then that was kind of it. Wow. No yeah. more dirt biking after that. Pardon? <laughs> no more dirt biking after well, that. Well, no, just, just for fun. Yeah, exactly. Just for fun, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. But that was that was something that... Uh, yeah, it's a real dream, actually, a real dream. Mm. We'll see how that comes around again. Not that I'll be racing, but, <laughs> but somehow maybe involved in the sport somehow. But yeah, we'll see. That'd yeah, that'd be really cool. Yeah. <laughs> so what was that transition like from um, being growing up in Saskatchewan to Bible college now to becoming a pastor and leading? Yeah, so it was interesting. My, my first, because we grew up, because the, the community I grew up in, uh, like we grew up on a farm, the town was like 500 people maybe. Yeah. I graduated with eight people in my class. It was like, I went to school, but it was almost like homeschool. Cause we, yeah, it's like yeah. a big family, right? You got eight, eight kids. <laughs> yeah, so 
Anyway, it was just a small town. And so I left there, went to Bible college. Uh, my first year I went to, uh, it used to be called Western Pentecostal College. Now it's called Summit Pacific. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So I went out there, uh, and I, my first ministry team experience, like you had to do, you get put on a team or do some kind of Christian service yes. thing you signed up for. <laughs> so I signed up for this one street ministry oh. on uh, downtown east side. So Vancouver, it's like one of the roughest places in, Ca- in Canada. Yeah, 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 yeah. Been there. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm down there, like f- literally fresh off the farm. Oh, no. So anyway, that was um, that. Was that. Uh, so that's how I got to Bible college. Mm-hmm. Went there and threw it into that. And then we went, uh, my dad ended up getting sick. I ended up going back to closer to home in Saskatchewan. Went to it's now called Horizon uh, Theological Seminary. It used to be called Central Pentecostal College, but mm-hmm. so and actually, uh, your pastor, Pastor Murray. Oh yeah, I interned with him. Oh wow! Yeah, it, at, at their church when they were in Saskatoon. Ooh. Yeah, wow. yeah, way back in the day. <laughs> yeah, so. Wow. Yeah, and then and then I sort of monopolized this whole thing here, but then <laughs> then we went into so then um, at the end of Bible college. Uh, you know, we were, my wife and I were engaged. We got engaged on my grad night. Um, and, but pri- just prior to the engagement, we just said, I don't know where I'm going to be when, you know, when I graduate. Who, who knows what the Lord's going to open up or whatever. It ended up, uh, the door opened for, for, for me to go on staff at the church that she grew up at in Winnipeg, oh. of all places. So, huh. yeah, like, so the connection was really cool, and we ended up doing that. That is really cool. <laughs> so, um you spend years in ministry, I don't know exactly how many years in ministry, but... It's like 20, 20? 28, 29 full-time, 28 full-time, 20 or something like that. Oh. Yeah. So in your time in ministry, what, what are, or what is the craziest miracle that you've seen happen oh, right gosh. before you? Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. That, that, that's a great question. Um, the greatest... That's a really good question. I know you even gave me these questions before. <laughs> and I'm like, what would be the greatest? That's tough. I mean, I, so many things. Um, I mean, if you want to list your top three. Okay, okay. All right. So here, here's one. This is one that went back even, even before I was really convinced that it's God's will to heal. This is kind of interesting because I grew up, you know, in a, in a, in a Pentecostal home, mm-hmm. but the mindset was always, we'd pray prayers like, you know, Lord, if it be your will, heal mm-hmm. this person. Mm-hmm. Not really with a firm foundation that, yeah, I believe it is God's will to heal. Mm-hmm. So yeah. anyway, paradigm shift in my mind, but back then, anyway, so uh, I'm in Bible college and uh, Pastor Murray's visitation pastor that he had on part-time staff, I think, mm-hmm. we were, I had to do, as Bible college, you had to do hospital visits too. And I'm like... Oh. I'm, I, I don't, I can't, I, I really don't like hospitals. I'm not yeah. a big fan. My wife works in a hospital and oh. daughter's working in a hospital. Other daughter working at a care home. So I'm like, <laughs> but anyway, um, so I go to the hospital with the visitation pastor. I'm a Bible college student and we go in and we're just, I don't know any of these people we're praying with. We just go in the rooms and talk to them for a bit. And then if they want prayer, we'll pray for them. Yeah. This guy was in the, in the hospital bed and his forehead he looked really funny. You could tell he had multiple surgeries and scarring on his forehead. Mm. He he was born without a certain skull piece of skull oh. in his. And now this guy's older. He'd be in his forties or fifties. Mm-hmm. So no, he would have been probably yeah fifties for sure. Anyway, uh, so he's going in to get this 
he had a metal plate put in when he was a kid. Okay. And as things grow and shift and change, he has to go in for surgeries, mm-hmm. right? Long story short, they're going to put in a, some kind of a new technology, uh, new material that they wouldn't have to take out because they'd have to take that out, go in there and clean things out, put it back mm-hmm. like multiple times over uh-huh. years, right? So this is a kind of a one and done deal. So anyway, so we, he says, would you pray for me? So we're like, okay. So we pray for him. And I don't even remember exactly what I prayed or whatever, but I, I, I didn't even know the phrase like creative miracle or anything like that. But I'm like, Lord, you're the creator, you know, do what you want to do here and just, you know, heal this man or whatever. I can't remember what it was. So anyway, then we, get, we leave, go on and visit a few more. Um, I, we get a call then, uh, pastor on the Sunday, the, the pastor sees me at a church on Sunday. He goes, you know that guy that we prayed for? And I said, yeah. I said, and he goes, the guy with the plate? He said, yeah. He said he went into surgery shortly after we were there. They pulled the old plate out, and he had a fully grown skull, and they just, they just closed them up. <laughs> I'm like, ah! That's amazing, right? That is yeah. crazy. So that's pretty crazy. Wow. Uh, that was, goodness me, that was even before... Uh, I didn't even, like, I wasn't even, I don't think I'd ever preached before or anything. Oh, like, yeah. that was just, you know, you're a, you're a kid, eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, that was a pretty cool one. I mean, we've seen uh, people get out of wheelchairs that had been paralyzed for 20 years and, and like, from the waist down, paralyzed completely. And that didn't happen in church. That was out on the street. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, yeah. That is really cool. Oh, oh I, I, I wish, you know what, probably some more will pop up once we get, once we get going <laughs> okay. here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but just some cool things. Um, what else? I mean, yeah, like blind eyes opening and, hmm. and um, like, I mean, blind, like completely blind, can't see a thing. Yeah. Um, stuff like that. When this one kid, this is cool. This happened here in Alberta um, where this kid had flat feet. He had no arches in his feet. And um, it, have you heard of that? This yeah. condition, right? Yeah. And, and it can be very painful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that right? It, yeah. Do you have to wear Do you have to wear orthotics or no? It's not that bad to the okay. point that it's completely resting yeah. flat, but it is quite flat. I okay. barely have an arch. Okay. So. Yeah, so anyway, we, we, we prayed for this kid, and his feet got so hot, it felt like you had your hand over, like I had my hands down by his feet. Mm-hmm. felt like they were um, uh, radiating heat. Oh, wow. Like off of a stove, like an element on a stove. Hmm. And I said, hey, God's doing something, but just, you know, praise God, whatever. Go yeah. for a walk, run around, jump around, whatever. <laughs> Do something. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he, and he took his shoes off later after a period of time. His feet started to cool down, and uh, complete arches grew right into wow. his feet. So his feet were no longer flat. They're like, yeah, that's, that's cool. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. Oh so. It's so cool to hear stories about miracles happening. Because mm. I feel like that's not something the church really focuses on right now anymore. Mm. And people think, oh, that's the thing of the past. But it is something that is happening right now and can continue to happen right now. God can continue to heal people. Mm-hmm. I like uh, what you said a little bit earlier about uh, the paradigm shift that you had instead of praying like, if it's your will, mm-hmm. but believing that God's will is for us to be healed. Yeah, That's a really important paradigm shift that I feel like mm. a lot of people need to see. Yeah. I think it's also because a lot of people haven't seen miracles. Mm. Mm. Has become more rare nowadays, mm. especially people our age, where sure. they haven't seen that miracle happen. Heck, the first uh, miracle experience that I've seen truly was in Thailand. Mm. And that was when I was like mm. 18, 19 years old. And so, like, uh, even though I grew up in the church and I, I, uh, it was an evangelical church that we were attending growing up, 
I never saw that, right? Mm. And so, like, yes, we saw, like, demons being casted out and all this, but, mm -hmm. like, seeing, like, actual healing happening, like, right in front of me didn't mm -hmm. happen until then. And it brings a certain level of faith into mm. your life. Mm -hmm. um, it's hard to explain. It's not like you didn't have faith prior to Right. It, yeah. But you're, like... Uh, you're in awe of what happened, right? And, yeah. Mm -hmm. And the way, uh, I don't know how to, like seeing is believing, right? Mm -hmm. So when, when you see it happening right in front of you, you're like, wow. And uh, being a part of it, especially yeah. if you're a part of it, then it's, yeah. it's totally life-changing for mm -hmm. you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And one of the experiences, the first experiences I had was uh, we were out in uh, um, the Philippines, uh, for a ministry we were there for two weeks three weeks and there was this lady who was on a wheelchair she was involved in like an accident uh, that caused her to be paralyzed from the neck down mm, wow uh, and so she was being wheeled around by her family members uh, she could barely talk even uh, her face was partially paralyzed mm. Mm. Uh, but i remember seeing uh, one of the pastors pastor chris praying for her and uh this lady immediately feeling better, and she's like, oh, I feel so much better, and like, I can kind of move, but I have a doctor's appointment tomorrow. And so they ended up giving her a card saying, like, uh, with the church details, and told her to come to church on Sunday, and she can have her testimony. Uh, well, she walked in on Sunday. She wow. Did, Come on. Come on. <laughs> right? wow. That's amazing. This lady... Fully restored. Yeah. <laughs> I could have not believed Wow. That's amazing. I, I, I couldn't put, like, it, it was crazy to me because yeah. I yeah. saw the lady on yeah. the picture. Yeah. Her not being able to talk, uh, being pushed around, uh, feeling wow. helpless. Yeah. <laughs> and here she is on Sunday standing. Come on. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. Wow. Uh, just amazed and that was like a turning point for me that was for in sure. the first week that i was in bible college perfect oh, timing wow. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, okay this is the type of thing that um i'm gonna be experiencing yeah <laughs> yeah and so it really shifted something within me right i, I realized how serious mm. my faith is mm -hmm. right and if, mm. if i believe something and if i uh, if i pray for something and if, if i pray for someone God has the power to heal, not not because of me, mm. but he's able to heal people through me. Right? Mm -hmm. I can be a vessel for him to use. Mm -hmm. And so that was so empowering for me and so encouraging to keep on uh, praying, to be involved in ministry, to, to, to be around people. And I think a lot of young adults and youth uh, here in Canada, all over the world, mm. honestly, don't have haven't had the chance to experience that yet mm. Mm -hmm. uh, i believe everyone will at some point mm -hmm. in their life come right? on <laughs> uh, but i feel like that's such an important important time mm. uh, for someone's life because it's completely a turning point when you see it happen right in mm. front of you mm -hmm. yeah yeah can we talk about the shift that you had like sure did you learn to pray differently through classes at your college? Did you wake up one day you had a revelation? Yeah, How did yeah, that yeah. That's happen? a great. That's a great question. So a few things happened. One was um, while I was dating my wife, she took me to a meeting. Uh, her grandma had uh, revival services every night. Um, she also worked two 
She worked one job, sometimes two jobs, um, plus ran a ministry. Mm. Wow. And they had revival services every night of the week for 50 years. Whoa. Can you imagine going to church every night of the week Whoa. for 50 years? Every night of the week, wow. 50 years. And they would bring ministry, guest ministry in and different ones, even like no-name people, but that were just powerful in God. So we went to one of the meetings uh, one time, and I had a wicked headache. I'm not given to headaches. And I, just before we went in, we were engaged at the time. We weren't even married yet. And I said, "Hun, I said, I've got such a headache. It feels like there's like a sharp, something sharp is being pushed back by my eye and Ooh. my ear. I'm like, it's just so painful. I don't know how long I'm going to last here. Mm-hmm. I'll probably end up, we'll leave early or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we go in and not going to, de- I mean, I could describe, the, it, was, it was the most, uh, what I would think would be um, the most dead atmosphere for miracles Hmm. it was it it, it was a gong show like it really was okay i'll tell you the one one story because i know our listeners our watchers want to hear this really quickly anyway there's a lady and she's got marching band symbols like this eh? so yeah it's terrible so so i'm sitting here and, and every time she smashes those symbols my head is just hurting even more and I'm, I'm thinking, what kind of a place is this? <laughs> As the lady, this is, I, I'm, this, is, this is a verified story. You can hear it from so many people. Uh, but it sounds so funny when I say it. As she's doing this, she's singing at the top of her lungs. I believe the song we were singing was In the Name of Jesus. In the Name of mm-hmm. Jesus. We have the victory. Mm-hmm. In the, As she's singing that, In the Name of Jesus. She's going like this. <laughs> she's marching in the front of the church, back and forth across the front. Mm-hmm. And at the top of her lungs... She goes like this, and she spits out by accident both upper and lower false teeth. They go flying out of her mouth, and she goes, and she catches them in her cymbals. And then she pops them back in her mouth. Yeah, And I'm like, okay, this, this is weird. What a weird place we are. So anyway, I'm thinking this is a gong show, like super weird. So, so then the speaker gets up. I hang, I hang it out, hang out, you know, stay longer. The speaker gets up, and he's like, there's somebody here who has a problem uh, with, you've got a headache, and it feels like there's a sharp obje- object being pushed in on your right-hand side mm-hmm. of your... He described, he used the words I used oh, wow. that I told my fiancé as we're walking in the building. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, I believe if you respond, God wants to heal you. So I went up to the front, and he, he laid hands on me, and I was just weeping, and instantly just the pain was gone, everything was uh-huh. gone. And I've not been given to headaches like that ever since. Anyway, not mm-hmm. that I was before, but... And he grabbed my hands, and he said, that which is happening to you is going to happen through you. And he prophesied oh, over wow. me. Wow. <laughs> and so, and that's the first time I'd ever experienced um, something like that. Mm-hmm. So, I, I didn't even know what that meant. Like, I didn't even understand, like, impartation and things like that. I didn't understand any of that stuff. But that shifted something in me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then um, my wife gave me, gave me this book to read, and we used to drive, and she'd read while I drive or uh, whatever. And, she, and so we're reading this book, and it was about limit, don't limit God. Mm-hmm. And it was a book about healing and, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, and it just shifted, started shifting things in me. Mm-hmm. And then I got, I, I really got thinking about it. And um, I just, and then, and then started, like, for example, what you preach, you're going you're gonna to reap the harvest on what you preach. Yeah. So if you preach salvation like of your soul spiritual salvation mm-hmm. you need jesus and then you give an altar call for salvation 
you're going to reap a harvest of souls. Like that's yeah. just kind of, yeah. and if it doesn't happen right away, it is going to happen eventually. Like yeah. you just keep sowing the seed, right? Yeah. Same thing with healing. Same thing with, mm. you know, you name whatever it is. So I just started actually sowing that seed and believing for it. And then it started happening more and more. And, mm-hmm. and then, uh, yeah. So, wow. yeah. That is really cool. That's it's really kinda, powerful stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But. So um, another thing that God does through you, I mm-hmm. heard is prophecy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to explain a little bit about like what that is? And then also, when did that start happening? Sure. Um, yeah, actually, I can give you some pretty cool details. So I don't know where this definition came from, but I, I like it. Uh, prophecy is just history written in advance. Mm. I like that. Yeah. And, and what I, so, so um, you know, Psalm 139 says um, how, 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 numeral, how numerable, uh, or numer, numerous, whatever the word is, uh, how, how, how numerous is yeah. the word? Uh, are your thoughts toward me, O oh God? If I, could, mm-hmm. if, I could, if I could count them, they would, they would outnumber the sand on a seashore or whatever, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. So, so God's thought, and the only also says this, each day, before any of my days were, they were written in your book. Mm, yeah. So I actually believe, so, so what I, this is how my approach to it. If God's thoughts, if God has so many thoughts toward me, mm-hmm. so that goes for all of humanity. So then, and then, and then he says, each one w- was written in your book before any one of them were. So I'm thinking, okay, so, hmm, Lord, when I meet somebody, see somebody, I like to say, hey, do you have, could you, do you want to share any of your thoughts that you have about mm-hmm. them with me hmm. that I could encourage them? And then, and then I'll even say too, Lord, like, you know, would you show me some of the pages in their book? Mm-hmm. So it's like reading a book yeah. kind of thing. Um, yeah, and so basically, uh, March 17th, 1995, pretty sure that was, I don't know, my, you could look it up. It, it's, probably, it's, probably, it's probably a Friday, I'm thinking. Okay. I'm pretty sure it is. But anyway, because um, it was either 95 or 96, but I'm pretty, no, it would have been 96 maybe. Either way, it doesn't matter. Now I'm getting all mixed up. <laughs> like, all I know is on, it, was on, it, was on, it was a Friday night. It was the... It was the um, uh, it would have been the 17th of March. It's probably the Friday, 19th, because on the 19th I wrote the letter. We had a lady, I was preaching, and this, uh, this lady came in to the meeting, and she was in bondage. She was demonized. Mm-hmm. Um, she had a child with her, and, and uh, it was just, it was, and, and so I was instructed to go and, and you know, work, deal with this lady. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we take her to the room next door, um, and she, she gets saved, Oh. <laughs> like she does. She prays, Jesus, forgive me. I love you. I want you in my life, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But she left in bondage. Mm. She, she was still demonized. Yeah. And, uh, and that's a funny one in itself, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. like you know, Christians can't have demons and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> but anyway, so the, my point is she left in bondage. And, I'm, and I was so, I was, and at that point I was, and I'd just been reading some books. and I'd just been kind of hungering for more. So I wrote on the 19th of March, then I wrote the Lord a letter, like a written letter, uh, uh, and I went through every gift of the Spirit and all the miraculous things I saw in Scripture and different things. And I said, if I can't have this in my life, I'm not interested in vocational ministry. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I might as well, like, either the Bible's true or it's not, right? Yeah. yeah. So Jesus said, you're going to do these things in greater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that would mean that we actually believe that or we don't believe that, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so if my life, so for example, the book of Acts, 
is not a is not a is not a standard to attain to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a starting point to grow from. Mm. That's good. Yeah, right? That's really good. <laughs> so but but how how are we not? We're 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 so wired and 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 um satisfied with the natural, with what we see. Mm-hmm. So I, I think hunger always precedes always precedes encounter and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, that was that was one of the big things was and I said like kind of basically telling the Lord I'm either, I'm either, I want it all or I don't want any of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then that, 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 then that took us on a whole different journey and uh, it was pretty cool. So, yeah. For someone who is wanting to um, kind of grow in the gift of prophecy, what sure. are your, um, like some practical steps that people can take in order to um, grow in the Yeah, gift? totally. So a couple things. So, um, just it, I didn't get to this, but I read scripture. So Corinthians, First Corinthians twelve, mm-hmm. um, Paul's like, "Okay, I want to tell you about spiritual gifts," because um, it was pretty crazy in the atmosphere in the Corinthian church. So mm-hmm. then in thirteen, it's love. That's the foundation of everything, all the gifts and everything. Uh, then then in fourteen, he says, "Eagerly pursue spirit, eagerly desire spirit, or uh, pursue this love." eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. So I wrote that out in that letter that I wrote Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I said, I don't know how to eagerly desire to prophesy, but I'm just telling you, and I write it out, I'm just telling you I want to prophesy. Mm-hmm. Like that's, how, that's what it was to me. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, I, so I hungered after it. So then, and then I'd ask the Lord, like I said about that, you know, what, give a thought for this person. But it all started with me saying, I don't know how to hunger for this, but I'm asking you, I want to prophesy. I used to think that if somebody saw you, if it, like, let's say we met each other somewhere and I'm like, man, um, you've been in Thailand. I, I, I just saw that you had such a good time in Thailand, going to Bible school and whatever. And you're like, whoa. And people, a lot of people say, well, that's so prophetic or whatever. Well, that's a word of knowledge. Yeah. So that's a revelatory yeah. gift. Yeah. Okay. Um, whereas prophecy is a word of knowledge often connects with the word of prophecy because mm-hmm. what the word of knowledge does is, is somebody, you get a word of knowledge, somebody speaks something they wouldn't know about you naturally. And you're like, Whoa, <laughs> God knows my stuff. Yeah. And then, then comes the word of prophecy saying it's, it, it ignites faith for you to believe for what you haven't seen yet. Mm, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, it's, so prophecy often is future, but I, I like to kind of, you know, go past present and future. I think it. I think it really brings some validity to it, and yeah. and that kind of thing. But anyway, so that that's kind of. So how would I how would I tell someone here? I, real simple. Um, is it Habakkuk or Habakkuk, however you want to pronounce it, <laughs> where he talks about standing watch um, to see what the Lord will say to me, and I'll write it down. So basically, if you take that first bit of that passage of scripture, there's four things in there that I think, and this is actually this is not original. Um, I've done lots of clinics and seminars on how to hear the voice of God and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Pro, prof, do a whole weekend of ministry on prophecy and that kind of thing. But this one came actually from a Baptist uh, teacher, who, who pastor, who wanted to really get practical with the gifts of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. His name is Mark Verkler. He's a really good guy. Mark wrote this th- uh, book on um, uh, uh, four keys or four steps to hearing God's voice. Mm-hmm. So the first one is pretty simple. Um, fix your eyes on Jesus. Okay, so fix your eyes on Jesus. Um, second one is um, tune into the spontaneous flow. So it's like um, tune into the spontaneous flow 
of what you know what he's saying or whatever. Actually, sorry, I, I missed one of them. The, the, the biggest step. The first step is the biggest step. Uh, calm yourself down. Mm, yeah. You need to settle down. You need you yeah. need to relax. You need to you know relax. So calm yourself down. Just just rest in his presence. Wait on him. Calm yourself down. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Mm-hmm. Tune into the spontaneous flow. Shocking. And then and then and then write it down. Mm-hmm. So calm yourself down. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Tune into spontaneous flow and then write it down. Mm-hmm. And you can do that in any context. Like it could be so that's just to prime the pump to 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 learn how to hear God's voice for yourself. Mm-hmm. And then you start, you know, writing stuff down, this and that and the other thing. And then here's the wild thing. It's like it's like anything. The more you exercise that muscle or that or activate that thing, the easier it becomes, the better. Yeah. Yeah. So so I would also another big key actually would be I hung around with people that were operating in things that I wasn't. Because here's what happens in a lo- in ministry. I know you, you might not have experienced this yet, but in, in like ministry circles, a lot of times um, um, we in the church we suffer from an identity crisis. I really believe uh-huh. so many people's identity is, mat- is is wrapped up in what they do. Yes. Yeah. How how much I can prophesy? How much? How well I can preach? How hmm. how many people I heal when I lay, you know that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, that what happens is when I'm around, then when you get around other people that are gifted in certain areas, you don't ask questions because you feel insecure mm-hmm. or, or you feel like, well, they wouldn't have time for me or, you know, whatever, like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But that is just all orphan behavior. That's just like, <laughs> I, I, you got identity issues. Like mm-hmm. when, once your identity, you get a, the revelation that my identity is so secure in him and that whether I take a nap or raise the dead, the pay is the same. <laughs> I don't care about like mm-hmm. whatever. So what it does is it takes the pressure off. Yeah. And then when you're around these people, you're I'm like, hey. So I would go to these things. I got invited to go to these meetings, their prophetic meetings, where these three prophets would be up there and they'd be prophesying over people. Mm-hmm. Well, what I would do was sometimes I'd be on the stage too, but just as an observer, like part of the the panel. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny. <laughs> the who's who at the zoo. And uh, anyway, but I'd sit there and I'd have my journal and I'd practice. So when they were about to prophesy over somebody, mm-hmm. I'd say, Lord, what are your thoughts about this person? And I'd practice mm-hmm. and I'd write down in my journal what I felt the Lord was saying to me about this person. Hmm. And then these prophets who were seasoned would get up and they prophesy. And I was blown away at how many times I'm reading my notes going, wow, I got, I got some of that. Oh, wow. That's kind of cool. Huh. So I just practiced it, right? Mm-hmm. And then, and then practicing on like, you know, servers at restaurants and it's amazing. Cause when people, it's like when people, yeah, totally. No, not only that, but they're actually, they're stuck there yeah. with you. Like yeah, they're, they're so there, good. they're there. Like, so to me, that's a divine appointment. Yes, yeah. yes exactly. God knew who was going to serve me before I walked in that restaurant. Yeah. So, so. Um, so an activation then to get people activated in, in, in hearing about God's voice and, and prophecy would be then, and I tell this to people all the time, where uh, simply, I've only been rejected may, on maybe a handful of times mm-hmm. over thousands of people, only a handful of times. Mm-hmm. And I'll say this to them, I'll say to the server, I'll say, hey, I said, we're, uh, we're in a course, we're in training right now in a course, and it's a course on how to hear from God. Mm-hmm. And one of our assignments is we have to, we have to practice on somebody we don't know mm-hmm. and share with them 
some God thoughts that we feel that God wants to share with them. Would it be cool? It's an assignment I have to do for my course I'm taking. Mm-hmm. Would it be okay if, if you, I used you for that? And they're like, oh, sure, yeah, okay. And so then, then if there's a group of us at the table, I like to go, okay, each one take a little piece of paper or your phone, whatever, mm-hmm. and write down what you feel God's saying to this person, mm-hmm. and then we'll compare notes. And so then, again, it's amazing how many people, you got four people at a table, mm-hmm. compare notes, and you're like, the same, the same, the same, similar. Mm-hmm. Like it's all, a lot of it's sim- very similar. Yeah. And then you go with the similar thing. And then nine times out of 10, when the server comes back and you start to share the God thoughts, more starts really, it, it's yeah. like, it just starts flowing. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and then the server's like bawling. And, and, <laughs> and yeah, it's, yeah, oh, it's so funny. The last time we did this was, I don't know, it was down in South Edmonton. It's a few months ago. Actually, it would have been my bad COVID. It would have been, it's over a year ago now. Oh, wow. And, uh, I lost a year, you know, a year and a half with COVID. <laughs> yeah. And so we, 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 give the, we prophesy over this gal and give her this word and stuff. And she's just really touched by the Lord. Because it's God. Think about it. It's God speaking. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she's now hearing maybe for the first time God speak to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. His voice, he, he lifts his voice and, and the earth melts. Mm. Like, like his voice thunders. Like it's so yeah. powerful. Yes. So when people hear his voice like that, Whoa. So anyway, she comes back and, and, and uh, we paid the bill and stuff. And she comes back. She goes, you guys are my best table ever. She gives us a gift card for 50 bucks to come for, for Joey's to go back. And it's like, it's kind of funny. I made, the, I made the joke then. I know this sounds kind of funny, but I made the joke that I'm like, man, or something about you, 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 you should have waited for the $100 word I said or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, I was just, yeah, but yeah. Wow, that is really cool. I think it's really important too for people to hear that it's okay to practice. Hundred percent. I feel like people assume, oh, I have this gift, and I need to be perfect at it already, and I can't yeah. make mistakes, or else I'm not actually, I don't actually have this gift. I think it's really encouraging to hear that mm. we're not perfect, and we can practice. And totally. God will strengthen us in those areas. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like for example, I used to hear of guys that would get like addresses and names and birth dates and all this kind of, and I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Wow, how does that ever happen? And then I had this thought, have you ever asked for it? Mm. <laughs> you know what it says, Paul? I think it's Paul. It says, he says, if a man's gift or a person's gift is prophecy, let him do so in proportion to his faith. Mm-hmm. So, so it grows as you, as you do it. Mm-hmm. So I remember the first time, uh, it's happened several times, but the, fir- the very first time I said to the Lord, I was in prayer, I was going to go preach uh, actually on the island, and I was going to preach out there. Um, and before I'd go out, I'd pray, like, Lord, what do you want to say to these people? And, and I said, Is, are there any, anyone in particular you want me to talk to or prophesy over or whatever? And he gave me um, uh, an address and a name. Mm-hmm. Uh, the address was someone else, and the name was someone else. But the wild thing is really cool. But both, both were applicable in that. I just, I let it out. Here's the deal. So for the first day, day and a half of this, it was a weekend thing. For the first day and a half, I was avoiding people because <laughs> I didn't want to hear names and I didn't want to, you know, muddy the water, so to speak. Yeah. So then, but I needed to, if I thought I heard from God, I had to step out in faith yes. and speak that out. <laughs> so the first time I'm like throwing out, I'm throwing out an address and then I'm throwing out a name. Mm. And, and, and it was funny because uh, it, it landed. It really landed. It impacted the people. It was powerful. But the first, so, so when I get names, though, which is really funny, I get the name as it appears on their license. Oh. 
and oftentimes get a, get a nickname. <laughs> yeah. So, for example, the guy's name, this one guy, guy's name was um, Anthony. Your friends call you Tony, and you go by, you go by Tony, but your full name's Anthony. Hmm. Wow. You know, it's kind of funny. So, yeah. And then just, just ask and ask and lean in for more things. And the cool thing about, like, iPhones and stuff now, so I'll make notes. I'll make a note. Like, I made a note here yesterday, and this is not a public thing. I'm not going to put it. But I, I, put a, I wrote a note down here mm-hmm. to pray for somebody for, uh, for healing of cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah. It, I don't want to get too graphic, but it, sometimes I'll see somebody... And the Lord will show me something that has to do with what's going to come in the future. Yeah. Mm. In this particular case, I saw this woman and she had no hair because mm. she'd been through chemo. Mm-hmm. I was watching, a, I was online on a service online yeah. and I just felt to pray and intercede for this lady for healing. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, so it's, it is, it's kind of weird. It, the, like, I don't know, there, there's so much to talk about or so much to tell, but some, there, this balance between... Um, you know where Paul says, I know a man one time, whether he was in the spirit or in the flesh, I don't know, but, you know, he was taken up to the third heaven and da-da-da-da, whatever, right? That whole thing. Sometimes the realm of the spirit is so real that it looks actually like it's, you don't know, it's like, okay, did I see that in the spirit or did I actually see that? Yeah. yeah. Right? That's true. Yeah, so anyway, so uh, it's an interest, that's an interesting dynamic to walk in sometimes too, but anyway, <laughs> another story another day. <laughs> uh, uh, so our final question. Okay. I wish we could continue this podcast and learn more about <laughs> your gift and also just learn how to develop. Can I tell you this though? Yes. Here's something that set me free. Mm-hmm. And for everyone who's watching, I don't know who's watching, or I don't know what camera to look at, but <laughs> the, one, the wild thing, so the, one of the things that set me free Numbers 22. In Numbers chapter 22, God wants to speak to Balaam, but he can't get his attention. Mm-hmm. So no one, there's nobody there that's willing to be the voice of God to this guy. Yeah. Yes. But guess what God does? He opens the month, mouth of his donkey, yep. <laughs> and his donkey talks to him. Uh-huh, yeah. So when I teach on prophecy and hearing God's voice and stuff, I like to say, any old will do. <laughs> You, 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 and I, rem- I say that to myself all the time. I get up to preach. Hey, T-Dog, any else will do. If you're an available donkey, you just need to be available. It's about your availability, not about your ability. That's yeah. That's the whole thing. So just to step out, to give it a go, you know, and that kind of thing. So, yeah. yeah that's really mm-hmm. good. But uh, one thing we always ask uh, our guests at mm-hmm. the end is uh, what God has been speaking them recently Mm -hmm. and so what would you like to what has God been speaking to you recently that you would like to encourage our viewers with (laughs) I I sound like a broken record because I seem like I always talk about this it always comes back to it but um, one thing he's speaking in the season we're in I really feel like we're in a season in fact I was sharing it at at your mom and dad's church on the weekend Mm -hmm. I really feel like um, the harvest is really upon us like Mm -hmm. I know it sounds, that, that does kind of sound generic. I, I get it with, a, with well, yeah, Jesus said that 2,000 years ago, you know, it's, the fields are white unto harvest, though. And so somebody prophetically says, the harvest is upon us. And everyone's yeah. like, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, Jesus kind of had that figured out two grand ago, right? But I really actually believe that, uh, you, that people will start to find extreme favor with people that don't walk with Jesus yet. Mm. People are hungry to hear the gospel. 
even more so than hearing a message, they're hungry to encounter the reality of a living God. Yes. And I, I feel like that. So I think all these, I think signs and wonders are going to ramp up. I think, I think people are actually going to step out more. So I think that's exciting. Mm-hmm. What I think also the, 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 that the Father's saying to the church today um, is uh, Jesus, in John chapter 5, he's asked the question, you know, you're doing all these miracles and stuff. And they were a little ticked because he was doing stuff on the Sabbath and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then he says, the Son of Man can do nothing on his own. Um, all he does is what he sees his father doing. He says the father dearly loves the son and shows him and, does, and the son goes and does likewise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything Jesus did, he did out of his union with the father. Mm-hmm. So that's why Jesus said, you heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper, freely give, free, uh, freely if you receive, so freely give. Mm-hmm. So, so he's in, see, he didn't say pray for the sick. Just think about that. Mm-hmm. He said, you heal the sick. Yeah. And, and you made a comment earlier, and I totally appreciate it. And I get it about how, you know, it's not me. I'm just a vessel and stuff. But I get that. But I also think because of my union with him, mm-hmm. when I'm laying hands on somebody, yeah. God's laying hands on them. Mm. right yeah. so so i see myself so so the whole thing jesus only did what he saw his father so a couple things first of all he knew the father dearly loved him so i think we need to greater revelation of that mm-hmm. secondly that god would open our eyes that we would actually tune in and see what he's doing mm-hmm. right yeah. and so then we could go and do likewise mm-hmm. yeah wow. so, That's so good. anyway yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> joining us we hope you were encouraged by this podcast that you learned something ah. yes I yes i feel encouraged yeah. well thank you again Come on. Trevor, for coming on and we love having you here mm-hmm. and uh really imparting it to us uh what god has been uh developing in your Do you guys i appreciate it this has been great i really yeah. i really enjoyed this actually I, I like sitting and chatting would it be cool do you want to practice right now on the viewers that we don't see <laughs> i don't know do you want to or no sure yeah. <laughs> why not eh yeah yeah. Not? yeah let's do it all right thank you jesus father we just thank you and i'm when i say we i mean we not just me mm-hmm. yeah 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 i'm gonna throw you out there right <laughs> so uh anyway father we just thank you that um your heart for your kids is so huge your heart for humanity is so huge and um we do believe that your thoughts toward all humanity is so vast mm-hmm. and innumerable. And I ask you now, would you have any thoughts for any of the viewers today? Viewers that are watching online, Father, is there anything specific you'd like to say to anybody in particular online? And so we just quiet ourselves down. We fix our gaze upon you, Jesus. And we tune into your flow, your thoughts. And... Uh, we just, in this case, we're not going to write them down. We're just going to speak them out. So, thank you, Jesus. Do you have any thoughts, you guys? Anything that pops in your mind? Mm. Let's not overthink it. Here, let's back up the bus. <laughs> Father, I ask you to show us, um, even now, somebody that's watching this right now, and what word would you like to say to them? What, what encouraging word? You know, it might be a scripture verse that pops to your mind. It might be a picture of something. It might be a pain uh, whatever, you know, that kind of thing. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I, I'll, I'll speak this out. I feel like God is healing somebody right now on your neck, the left side of your neck. The pain that I'm feeling is on the left side of your neck here. 
in the back uh, right here. So, Father, we just thank you for healing that neck right now in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's good. And I, I think you know the routine. If you're watching and this is happening to you as you're watching, whatever, right into these guys and get the praise report in for sure. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, what do you, what do you have? I'm getting um, God is the healer of hearts. Hearts. Yes. Come on. So the first feeling was physical, like physically healing, mm. physically healing the heart, but yeah. then also um, broken hearts, so mm. emotional healing. Come on. Yeah. Well, let's, let's go after that then. So, so regarding the physical healing of the heart, mm-hmm. I firmly believe that that which the Lord reveals, he desires to heal. Yes. It's kind of his, his, his dinner bell saying, hey, we're going to do something here. Come on in, right? Mm-hmm. So why don't you just release that word over the people that, need, that are going to hear that for the healing there. Just speak healing to the heart. Yeah. Like for the physical, and then we'll go after the emotional too because I got something I think that will help people with that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Dear God, we thank you that um, you are the healer, God. Mm-hmm. You want to heal hearts. We pray for um, the listeners, the viewers, God, whichever ones mm. are dealing with heart conditions, God, you want to yeah. heal them and you will heal them, God. And so we just release yeah. that. We speak healing over these people in Jesus' name. Yeah, amen. Uh, one of the biggest keys for the healing of broken hearts mm-hmm. uh, that I've seen literally thousands of people being set free is connected to forgiveness. Mm, yes. <laughs> so, um, and that's such a big one. But anyway, I know we don't have a ton of time, but oh, okay. <laughs> I think what a, a cool way to, that, we, that we would approach it would be um, and I'd ask the viewers, you know, if you're here watching and you're saying, or listening and you're saying, you know what, I know I'm, I'm broken inside, then why don't you just ask Jesus, say, Jesus, I'm inviting you to heal my broken heart. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then ask the question, say, Holy Spirit, is there anyone that, that I need to forgive yes. that's connected to this pain? Mm-hmm. Just wait a minute. And then he'll show you the picture of their face or give you their name, whatever the case may be. Some mm-hmm. of this stuff I've seen even goes back even into childhood. Yes. When, when someone was a kid, I've seen 70-year-old people, 75, 80-year-old people that would forgive something that happened in their childhood that brought tremendous healing. Hmm. So, yeah, so Father, we just pray for those watching even now. And we know that you're the healer of the brokenhearted. Mm-hmm. You came to do that. And uh, I ask you right now in Jesus' name, just to heal broken hearts. And Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts. If there's anyone we need to forgive, mm-hmm. pain in the past, whatever it may be. And just, just a simple prayer, you know, to forgive means to let go, to release. Just say, Father, I choose to forgive. And then you fill in the name there, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. And uh, I bless them. They owe me nothing. I release them. And Father, I pray your blessing on them in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. And I thank you for healing my heart. Amen. Yeah, amen. Anything else? Do you want to? Do you have anything you want to share? For me, I, I've been just seeing like someone who has been um, just with their dealing something with their arm, and mm. not being able to fully use it, uh, mm. uh, fully function it. Um, yeah, I just that. I don't know exactly who it is, but yeah. just a person is coming mm. to me that needs healing and that and. I believe that God is going to provide healing. Come on. Not, not later, not in time. Come on. Right now. Right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just pray yeah. upon them. Mm-hmm. I just pray that healing and deliverance Thank you, Jesus. right yeah. now, Father. Yeah. That right now, mm-hmm. they feel tingling feeling in their arm. Mm-hmm. structuring of the bone. And Come on. structuring of their veins, Father. Yeah. Mm-hmm. structuring of their ligaments, Father. Uh, we pray that... 
this healing happens now, and we believe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we just want to thank you. Mm -hmm. for yeah, thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Good times. Yes. Well, thank you for watching us. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed. Uh, we hope you guys continue to stay tuned. And we'll see you all soon. We love you. Bye.